Hi, I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Today, my guest is Jason Bloomer. Not many people in this industry encapsulate the title of accounting leader more than Jason. He is the founder and CEO of Thrival, a network to help entrepreneurial CPA firm owners connect, learn and grow by providing them with a community coaching, consulting events and more. Jason is also the CEO of Bloomer and Associates, co-hosts two podcasts of his own, speaks and writes frequently for the financial and creative industries, and was recently named by Accounting Today as one of the top 100 most influential people in accounting. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, Jason Bloomer. Jason Bloomer, welcome. It is a great honour and great privilege to welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, Jason Bloomer. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the applause. They, they can put in the music later. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> they won't do it, will they, for me? I'm pumped to be on the show, man, oh, thank to you. hang out with you, Stuart, and all the, the carbon stuff you guys are doing. It is. Y'all been doing this for a long time, man. Oh, building companies. Man. Building companies. Building yeah. companies for accountants. And, and you know, you've got me today. Usually we lump you with Ian, right? That's right. <laughs> right. Now I get to hang out with yeah. you. Heck with Ian. That's right. We, we, <laughs> we send him on the planes in person, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's coming to see us at Deeper Weekend yeah. soon, which is going to be really awesome. Yeah, and I think you might be getting a dose of a triathlon coach that's coming with him too. Oh, come on, mm. Jay. Mm. Mm. Oh, Jay was Ian's triathlon yes. coach, right? Well, mine before Ian probably claims him now. That's so Ian. Oh, look, you know, <laughs> I got a I got a triathlete coach. <laughs> No, well, no, I'm not going to do anything a triathlete <laughs> coach tells me to do. So nobody in the history of this world has got worse DNA for triathlon than Ian. <laughs> oh, poor Ian. Thankfully, he will never hear this show. So no, no, he doesn't he listen. Won't know. He doesn't listen. Yeah, he doesn't listen. He don't know. He won't know we're trashing him. <laughs> poor Ian. <laughs> he did ski racing as a college kid. Did you know that? I didn't know that. And he's got much better DNA for that because he just sort of gets into a ball and just goes down, straight down the hill. <laughs> Sometimes on your face, right? Yeah, that's right. It just depends if you trip, you're in trouble. You're going to keep going. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we should stop trashing. I should stop trashing him, shouldn't I? Yeah, we we, want to build him up. Yes, no, we should because he he needs the validation, you know. (laughs) That's it. Oh, we're still trashing Ian, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Funny. Hey, Jason, I, my team, I should say, I give credit where it's due because I'm a bit lazy, you know that. But my team tells me that you founded Thrival. I didn't know it was going for as long as it has in 2010. Yeah. So Thrival's a decade old. Yeah, there you go. I, I think you might know a thing or two about how to help accountants by now, right? Yeah. For sure. So I'm that serial entrepreneur where I've, so my dad started our firm almost 25 years ago. Oh, did he? So, yeah. So I've been leading it for 20. You're a father-son team. That's right. Well, he, man, he retired years ago. So I've been leading the firm for 20 years, Thrival for 10 years. Hmm. And there was another company with that I started with another partner that 
racked up the debt, went out and flushed it down the toilet. Oh, yeah. That's easy to do, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're scaling on debt, right? The yeah. spreadsheet of the sales was like yeah. going straight up into the millions yeah. uh, when I built that spreadsheet. Yeah. It just didn't work out. It's more fun to blow it up in said. Vegas, though, rather than... <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, and I tried to actually build something. It didn't work out. <laughs> what business was that? Oh, it was a digital marketing uh, signage company. Digital marketing signage company. So yes. billboard, electronic billboards. Yeah, 15 years ago, we started yeah, doing right. that in local malls, and we would build the ad, motion design ads and download them through a server to run at certain times. and. Mm. Just, you know, way ahead of our time. Bit, but yes, good idea. Bit early. Because then the teenagers would go cut it off in the mall and we'd have to go over there after work, after I was doing tax returns and reboot the machine and, oh, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. You're like, I don't think this is scalable if we've yeah. got more than two of these <laughs> in this one mall. <laughs> I look back up like, what a, how stupid. Now you got companies rolling out thousands of screeners across oh, the yeah. United States. And I was like, Hey, we got two up and running yeah. in one location. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so that didn't work out. Well, business can be, well, like a lot of things in life, all about timing, right? For sure. Too early is unfortunately still wrong. <laughs> you are so right. And it means you don't always know yeah. when you're too early or too late. No, we don't. We don't. And sometimes I think this is very relevant for carbon and maybe you can comment on how this has been for you guys, but uh, I think perseverance and resilience out of everything else being uh, our most successful or the traits that have made us most successful. You just mm-hmm. got to be patient and keep going and keep going and keep going. That is key. Now, actually, you'll hear people like Mark Cuban say things like that. It's like, I can outwork anybody. So if I can outwork you for 20 years, then I'm just going to probably smoke you mm. in business. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and that's what it takes. You just have to work hard and do it longer than the next person. <laughs> have you heard of the podcast that is about the NBA referees? No. Let me look up the name. One sec. NBA referees. You know that how Mark Cuban, good. like constantly, whistleblower it's called. Ah, It's about Tim Donaghy because he was an NBA referee in 2007 and he was betting on games that he was refereeing. <laughs> <laughs> what a genius. Awesome. What a genius. That right? is genius. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> the idiot. Wow. Anyway, so it's quite an interesting podcast, but mm. there's a real clinger in there that was Mark Cuban knew for all his ownership years of the Mavericks, right, and it still goes on, I think, mm-hmm. that yeah. the referees were NBA employees to ensure that in, particularly in the finals, that the team that would bring the most revenue can progressed. Mm. Okay, yeah. And he had the opportunity, Mark, in the podcast to finally air all these grievances that he's been banging on and on and get, he mm. constantly gets fined for and all this, <laughs> but he never actually comes out and says what he really thinks because, mm. you know, he knows that the NBA will just uh, drown the Mavericks with shit referees wow. <laughs> forever and a day if he directly accuses them of cheating. <laughs> that is wild. So there's a particular person running this podcast. Yes. What was that person's name? It's a um, 
what's it called? Whistleblower podcast. Whoops, whistleblower podcast. It's it a is company. A... It's one of those companies. What is oh, it? Okay, um, okay. Tenderfoot Media, which has done some others, right? And it's really well done. It's really cool. well done. Okay. It's quite uh that Quite sounds interesting. interesting. That sounds very interesting. Because basketball is one of those few the uh, NFL referees, you know, you can sort of, you can ruin the game, but I don't know whether you can really sort of control without the obvious methodologies that the NBA does. You know, I mean, mm. the referees can just completely change the complexion of that last Two minutes. I mean, the, an NBA oh. game has only got two minutes of interesting basketball anyway out of yeah. the hour and a half that it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so it just so the refs have a lot of power. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Nice. So anyway, Mark Cuban should persist at uh, with his criticisms. But anyway, <laughs> so Jason Bloomer, over the last ten years of Thrival, what do you think the biggest changes are in the accounting? Spectrum landscape doesn't have to be technology, can be country yeah. agnostic, whatever you yeah. like. Yeah, run. <laughs> yeah, wow, there's a lot to that. So that's big. Yeah, maybe we've gotten used to the cloud. So hopefully, that's is that behind us? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I probably we, not for everybody, but I think there's still some servers in some closets, don't you? Okay, reckon? okay, I imagine there are. So maybe that's behind us. So technology is just pretty basic, stable part of how we operate. It's interesting, what we did see in that past 10 years is really how, I'm always interested in the conference circuit, right? There's mm. an educational mm. part to the accounting profession. Thrival is part of that. We do mm. entrepreneurial mm. education. And so we mm. do more and more of that. And that's kind of a trajectory we're headed in to continue to do more, more complex theoretical teaching about growth for service-based companies. And so we watched independent conferences happen hmm. early. And then we saw the software companies building those conferences because they had the funding to build larger ones. And hmm. then the pandemic saw those shrink. And now, hmm. so it's just interesting to watch who is providing the education. Hmm. You reckon there's a canary in the education in the industry? <laughs> yeah. It's just interesting. And so we've, Deeper Weekend, our conference has been around for 10 years too. Mm. And it's very small. Uh, we do go very deep into the education. Mm. And mm. so it is technology agnostic. Though mm -hmm. There are mm -hmm. technologies we use like carbon. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to watch where the education came from. And when I started my career, probably th almost 30 years ago, the education was just live, local, CPE. Mm. Mm. And it was amazing how bad it was. It was just really <laughs> horrendous. You know, I mean, I remember being in a room with 200 people, which was really common 20, 25 years ago, listening to yeah. forestry tax related education. Forestry tax? Forestry. Right. How to tax the How do trees pay tax? <laughs> right. No, no. Is the, the carbon tax? <laughs> and, it, and I'm sitting in this room going, am I here? Because I don't do this, <laughs> but that's the class that was available and it was local. Yeah. So you just yeah. go down the street to this big, boring hotel and you yeah. kind of get what they give you. So the four points. Yeah. Sheraton. Right, right. There's a, not the four seasons, the four points. Four points, right. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. The hacked off bad version of the seasons. Yeah. 
So education is really interesting how it's changed. Of course, now it's, it can be fully digital. It can be really good. Some provide really great deep education. So we can choose to be very narrow in what mm. we provide. And so what Thrival does is we don't do any accounting, tax, payroll, audit-related nah. CPE. Nah. It is entrepreneurial nah. growth-related for firm owners ready to scale. Yeah. So it's just, it's been interesting to consume that education and watch who's provided it and now who doesn't. Mm. And mm. it's mm. really mm. interesting. Yeah. It's so you reckon the education market is a window into the world of the evolution of accounting? <laughs> I, for sure. Just, yeah, yeah, a lot of patterns in mm. markets reflect the beliefs, the overall general beliefs of the participants in that part of the market. Mm. Mm. And it's just interesting to watch those big global changes. And I think we've been going through some, uh, also we've been going through, you know, some merger acquisition type things. People are acquiring firms. And your client base, you mean, that you've been No, no, firms, oh. just no accounting firms. So we're seeing, you know, larger, larger oh, firms see, really kind of, there seems to be a pattern of a pickup of they're really consuming and taking up smaller firms, which is yeah. not good or bad. It's just interesting to watch why. Yeah. And of course, during the pandemic, they kind of, everybody just sat still, didn't do yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. So there's yeah. reasons why all of that happens. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. to yeah. know why. Yeah. yeah. But we don't always know. No. So I have a theory about, well, you go first. What's your theory about why larger firms are acquiring the, the smaller ones? Apart from all the normal stuff, right? Right, right. Well, probably it goes back a little bit, maybe a decade, when I thought the baby boomers, mm. and so I'm a Gen X, so. Mm. Yeah, you and me uh, both. The, yeah, so I thought the baby boomers were going to be gone by now. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they all in the golf course. <laughs> right, yeah. And so they didn't actually leave when we thought, you know, I think mm. the the recession, 2008, kind of kept them around. And so I don't know, they seem to still be here. and Maybe they're building up their firms to kind of finally exit maybe in a few years. They're just like, they're not going to do it anymore. But who's going to pay more than 1x for a firm that is not well operationalized and not advanced in its technology and i mean a 1x you know they might be lucky i've seen you know down to half x and well i think probably what i think is larger firms are acquiring smaller firms and the smaller Mm. firms don't care about one times revenue as a sale or even Mm. less than that they're trying to get out they just need to buy their golf course membership right yeah yeah and and they need to maybe a lot of them are switching professions right they're just going i just i don't want to do this anymore so i don't know if they're even selling for money purposes they're just like kind of moving out and they get some cash you mm. get a little bit of cash too and then so these firms are kind of at a discount now mm. and mm. the bigger mm. firms may know that and so they're trying to get get it bulk up yeah. pretty quick so they can kind of yeah. maybe be acquired and, and you know so it maybe the larger's getting larger really fast mm. And just like is true, I think, in a lot of professions, right, you're going to still have tons of really small solopreneurs, and you're going to have Mm. big, it's that barbell, right, of the economy, Mm. and you're going to have these Mm. big, big, Mm. big ones. And it's Mm. hard to be in the middle, Mm. because as Mm. you know, scaling Mm. a company, Mm. it's tough to hang out in the middle when you're like, we're not big enough to kind of bear through the risks, but we also don't have the cash to go add five people to our team to kind of protect us from that. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a weird place to be. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, you know, there, if you can, and there's a couple of examples of this lately, but if you've got a, a solid, strong, good cloud-first firm 
there is a lot of advantages into selling up into a, well, there is definitely, I don't know about a lot, but there are there are considerable strong advantages of selling up into a firm that offers a wider range of services, right? You know, it just makes yeah. sense to be able to bring your, you know, technology forward client base yeah. into a larger firm that can do audit, that can do tax, that can do yep. advisory, that can do family mm-hmm. office stuff. And yep. that makes perfect sense to me because then you can be, you are part of a, a bigger beast and you're going to have to eat some of that uh, ego yep. oh, as yeah. you go up. That's right. But that makes sense to me. That's my theory as to why, you know, you're sort of seeing some of the consolidation of the good firms. Yeah. The good firms can see sort of, you know, three, four, five X, right? Like oh, multiples yeah. that have never been seen in accounting before. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. difference between a good firm and a shit one is millions and millions of dollars of forward revenue. That's right. And it's hard to build and scale a good firm. It takes oh, yeah. a lot of maintenance. Yeah. It, because yep. when you get, our team is 13, you know, we may add mm. more over the next year or two. And at that size, there's a lot of caregiving you got to do with the team. Yep. You yep. have layers of leaders, seniors, yep. team. Yep. They yep. need care at different levels, different salary levels. There's different levels of technology know-how. Mm-hmm. Some team you're hands-off, some you're not. So it takes a lot of work. And then you got, if you're really standardized, you're strong with a lot of foundational processes and you're pumping it through a tool like carbon. You got to keep them using it, yep. monitoring it. Yep. I think one flaw, hmm. and we consult mainly with service-based companies, not hmm. just in Thrival with firms, but in our hmm. firm hmm. with hmm. digital marketing agencies. Hmm. So hmm. service-based hmm. is really an expertise we have in scaling. One flaw we see is owners who think, I'm just going to get some people in there and I'm going to go away and let it hum. Yeah. <laughs> that does not work, by the way. And so yeah. I don't know if anybody's, I, and maybe technology companies are the same way, but human-based service companies don't work that way. They're just, especially mm. if you're virtual, especially yeah. virtual. Here's why, and it's probably obvious, but when you're in an office, you have your eyes on everybody. There's that nuance of being bound to the culture in the office when you're virtual People just disappear over lunch and don't come back. And you're like, where did you go? Yeah. So you're always pulling them back to the fact that actually you have a job. I know you Mm. just left to go hang out with your spouse Mm. and partner, but you actually were, you were at work and you couldn't leave work, but it feels like you could. And so you did. And so you got to, and you got to have a conversation. Hey, don't do that again. Yeah. They're like. Yeah. Well, don't tell me what to do in my house. It's like, yeah. you know, I actually get to tell you what to do in your house because you're at work. And so yeah. you got that layer and you don't realize. And that's the thing about virtual. Mm. It's tricky to lead a team through virtual, though it's really cool now. Mm. Mm. And it you know became cool over the past few years. Sure. And the pandemic then forced it upon people. We've yep. been virtual for eight years. Yeah. And we really have gone through the ups and downs of building a culture that is considerate, consistent intentional and how much work that takes is just wild. Yeah. Harder than I thought. And what do you do to sort of counterbalance that? Like, do you have your in-person once a year or what do you do to bring the team together? Yeah. Well, that's one thing you can do, but that's not the biggest. Probably the biggest is service companies. And this is a a foundational part of our growth model, which we teach Mm. at Deeper Weekend. We have a growth model called the Thrival's Prototype Components Model for Growth. 
That's our model we've created for service companies. And one, a big part of the uh, model is rhythm. So human-based service companies need rhythms, mm. Mm. service mm. rhythms. And so what we do is we pull teams into a weekly team meeting. Every firm should have a weekly team meeting at a minimum. We have more when you have a bigger team. We have project management, huddle-related meetings that are more mm. technical, client-focused. But the weekly all-team meeting is a culture-based meeting, and that rhythm is the reminder of, I'm part of a team, I'm part of a team, I'm part of a culture, and it hems in the collaborative behavior they all have to have together so mm. that you can pull off big projects. And mm. you know they have to feel like we're locked into something with other people so that we can throw a project in there that four of them have to do, and they're used to coming together in a Zoom meeting and just working mm. through it because mm. they have this mm. rhythm of participating in some form of a life in a firm. And so rhythms in a virtual place are what really establish culture, and it's places where leaders really participate in leadership. That's where you're saying visionary things. Mm. You're congratulating publicly. You're calling mm. them to things. You're you're saying hard things as reminders to the whole team, which is kind of, mm. it's a continual correction of remember what we do here and you don't get to do everything. It's what we say. And so come into this vision. Mm. And then quarterly, my partner and I meet just every quarter with our team mm. privately mm. to say, how are you doing? How's your capacity? How are you feeling about your work? Are you distracted? Where are you struggling with? What are your successes? And it just that it takes that continual work to lead. Mm. You lead in a rhythm. Mm. Cadences. Leadership is done in cadences. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I find myself, if you don't break up the year in blocks, I work better in waves. You say cadence, it's probably a better word for it. But uh, I can sort of run hard for sort of eight to 12, eight, 10 weeks and then feel like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm sort of all right. I need something else to look forward to now and uh, yeah. whether it be a break or do something different or go skiing yeah. or whatever it yeah. is, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And you, yeah, you need those breaks yeah, yeah. too. That's part of the cadences of breaks is the thing. What about doing all the soft things and making sure your team is good and bringing up that leadership base and all those kinds of things? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you can't live on love alone. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> that only goes so far, right? <laughs> That's right. So how do you view equity and more than compensation? I mean, compensation mm. is compensation, but how do you yeah. view equity in in the firms that or the organizations that you run? And because I think this is a bit rhetorical, but gone are the days where you sort of come out of college at a big firm and sort yeah. of in there 30 years later, right? <laughs> Yeah, nobody's going to do that anymore. <laughs> That's pretty rare. I think yeah. probably the equity piece I've only run into right now is a partnership equity piece, and that alone is a big enough <laughs> jump. That's massive. But it is mm -hmm. true in a service-based company, there are limitations. There are limitations. You can only get so far a lot of times fully by yourself in ownership. Mm -hmm. And so when mm -hmm. I added my partner, Julie, who really is that COO operational detailed side. I just don't have that side. When I added her probably eight years ago, she's been with me for 10 years, but probably eight years ago or close to eight years as a partner, mm. that was something to get used to. <laughs> yeah. Because you go into that if it's your first time. And I had another mm. partner before, but that mm. business 
we got along fine as we ran the company in the toilet. And we still like each other, right? So, but mm-hmm. when it's a business that lasts a long time, then mm-hmm. you realize, wait, I don't only have a legal partner running a business. I have a relationship yeah. that you have to work through and go, oh, I pissed you off. You got to stop mm-hmm. and work through the fact that I pissed you off. Or mm-hmm. I'm annoying in certain ways you don't like. And guess what? I'm not going to change. And so mm-hmm. you got to learn to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I got to not stop being an asshole maybe mm, sometimes mm, too. Mm, so that, that's, that's, People have said that to me once more than once. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, what does Ian know, right? Yeah, so, that's right. <laughs> he's a skier, he doesn't know. He's a skier, right? <laughs> so what does that mean? So adding a partner, but that is what did it. That's what allowed us to scale mm, because mm, you mm. find that you really, as you get bigger, you do need to focus on what you do best, right? I yeah. mean, you know that. You're in a bigger company where... You kind of don't need to be coding the software, Stuart. Oh, I'd prefer not to be, but some days <laughs> if shit right. breaks. Well, usually, usually it's me that broke it in the first place. <laughs> you were in there fixing something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and then the whole fucking thing falls apart. That's right. No, I try, I try. Hopefully we've moved on from that. But Yeah, so your role narrows as you grow, basically. That's your right. But one thing I've learned, you know, over the last few years, I wonder if you agree, that – the greatest misnomer of partnership and equity is because you both have shareholding that your interests are aligned. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Owning and then being on the same page are two different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all motivated by different things though too, right? That's Just because right, yeah. we have share, uh, doesn't matter, shareholding. Yeah, no. We're in it for different reasons. You can be in it for personal satisfaction, emotional growth, mm. money. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you like working with with team or those clients, there's all kinds yeah. of reasons that we become owners in companies. Yeah, and so with my partner, I I approached her and sold it to her. You know, she mm. was not looking for ownership; mm. she was doing her job. And I was like, I think I actually need you to legally own the place, so you act like you own it, mm. which you will. And if you act like you own it, you'll be as committed to it as I am. And I think I need somebody that's as committed as I am that will stay up at mm. night and care enough. When necessary. When necessary. Don't encourage. When necessary. Don't no, encourage 60-hour no. weeks. <laughs> no, no. When necessary. And it can be necessary when you're scaling. So, yep. But that's really the equity piece we've run into. And that is, that's led to a lot of success for us to be able to I run two companies. I'm the CEO of two companies, right? Mm. And that's mm. tough. That's pretty tough. Mm. It's hard to do, really. And so you don't, you can't do that by yourself. You just no yeah. way. Yeah. You've got to have other people that do things better than you. And so getting there is hard. So we haven't approached equity with any team yet. Mm. And so that might be there you in go. the future. And Monday morning team Monday, meeting. I'll do that Monday. <laughs> I'll map that You're out tomorrow. <laughs> right. That's and right. I'll let you know Get on Monday. <laughs> yeah, please do. I'll, I'll send you the deck if you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, send me a slide deck if you've got one. <laughs> and there you go. We just sorted your next five years of growth issues. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. I'll send you the bill. The, um, oh, the, the bill. Oh, no. <laughs> the, yeah, what, 2%. The... Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the, well, okay. Well, the people that have attended your Deeper Weekend conferences come away from it enlightened, more informed, and sing your praises and the praises of the group that they join from the rooftops. So congratulations on, firstly, on those efforts because I think it's obvious to me that that 
given that you started that so long ago, that it was the anti-accounting conference, right? It was yeah. <laughs> yeah. not doing forestry tax here, right? <laughs> See, we dropped that. <laughs> we dropped that breakout class. <laughs> That's right. Forestry taxation. <laughs> <laughs> More likely to go and plant some trees if I know you well enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. All right, now we're all going to go plant seedlings. That's right. That's as if you had done that conference. 10 years ago, Jack, you'd be looking at a... That would have been... There you go. I'd have been looking at inventory I could That's have right. har- harvested. <laughs> <laughs> What are some of the greatest success stories that have come out of that? What are you most proud of? Well, I think it really, it does challenge people to think about growth really from a principled theoretical view in ways they've never thought before. I think, so we do have ways we teach and some principled things we teach that are just not anywhere else. Mm. And I'm not claiming anything about that. I'm just saying it is things you haven't heard before. Hmm. And each year is like that. So we'll hmm. always try to bring something that's just really not attainable at another accounting conference because most accounting conferences will want to bring an accountant to speak. And hmm. we've had digital agency experts come lead the conference, right? And they're talking hmm. about positioning with firms. Hmm. And it's like, hmm. it's a whole new world. The yeah. attendees step into a whole new world of teaching because the instructor only knows how to teach agency positioning around Mm. brand or whatever they're teaching and everybody's like absorbing (laughs) it just from a totally different perspective. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. We want to shake up things. We want to bring in thoughts from other people, other professions. And we just think that continues to strengthen firms. And now since 2018, we've been launching, well, 2019 was the first conference, but we built our growth model, which is a structured way to visibly see the makeup of a firm and its foundational components. So that's really allowed us to talk very deeply about a lot of these components and teach mm. them in different ways. And so, and this year is another one where we're going way deep into one part of this model mm. to teach about capacity. Capacity management is mm. so hard yep. and complex to deal mm. with. Mm. And nobody's got that figured out. It's just pretty tough with yep. these creative people doing this knowledge work. So, we're going to dive into it and learn it. And I think it's something people just don't hear mm. in other places. Mm. 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 So it's really, really good stuff. We enjoy it. Out of the years that you've been doing the conference, what's the the greatest success story that comes to mind? Yeah, there's so many. Probably what we find is probably there's a lot of small ones. Mm. Mm. So we teach growth in a way that we want entrepreneurs to know what it means when they're signing up to grow and scale Mm. their firm. Mm. And we actually have some events where people say no and they bow out. Yep. Fine. And say, now I know, thank you very much. This is not for me. And so effectively we've changed the trajectory of people's lives. Now, Money-wise, we weren't trying to get members to go away. <laughs> but, yeah, sure, sure. But but that, that's just as important, right? Like if you if yeah. you don't want to do it, don't don't pretend yeah. to be something that you're not. Right. If you're pretending and you don't know, meaning you think you want to grow a company, mm. and you're like, and then you find out what it really takes. We want to teach the structure, the models, the commitment it takes, and they go, you know, thank you for showing me very obviously what it takes, and I decide that no. I don't Mm. want to do it. But of Mm. course, just as many, 
have gone in deeper and they're like, yes, I'm going to kill it now. Now I'm yeah. going to go in to commit to what it my firm will take from yeah. me to do this work well. Don't name names, but pick out somebody that you've been working with for a while that really sort of stands out that you've seen, okay, well, what I, Jason Bloomer, have been able to impart in this little world has influenced yeah. and changed this person's life. Have you got some examples? Yeah, we have examples of a partner group that had six partners. Mm. They went down to one in the matter of two or three years. Mm. <laughs> so I hope you didn't kill them off, did you? <laughs> well, <laughs> Gee, you didn't kneecap them out the back of the car park. <laughs> it's like, let's go out in the back and yeah, let's have that's a conversation. Right. It's a strategy conversation. <laughs> and so I had a black car pull up, right, and talk yeah, them in the back. And, <laughs> What's and that? They, I, that's a Tonya Harding style way of. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah. No, so one partner died, leaving the managing partner. Right. So leaving the other partners that really were more technical focused than really operationally running the running the firm. Mm. And then two retired. These were mm. older partners. Two retired kind of within the same two or three years. Mm. One left and sued them all. Mm. Of course, yep. <laughs> Obviously. So, <laughs> yeah. So you got all this and we're kind of with them for through a couple of years of the, yeah. this journey. And so yeah. really it did change their life. The way they became leaders, they actually approached their team differently. They led their team differently. The team felt more confident with their leadership mm. with all that chaos. Can you imagine that chaos of people dying, suing, mm. 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 To well, retiring? Particularly from the, the coffin. That's, a, yeah. that's, that's not easy. I mean, <laughs> right. So the ones remaining were the ones committed. They're like, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I'm yeah. going to keep doing this. But what they did is they really looked to us and trusted us to be with them through it, right? Mm. And watch them mm. change and grow. Mm. And that was pretty rewarding. To be yeah. able to be with them, they listen to you when you talk, mm. and then they As go lead to your in kids. the way. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. As opposed to your kids going, "You're my yeah, dad." Fuck off, what do dad. You know? yeah, that's <laughs> what right. do you know? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's what my so, kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's your kid. Yeah. So it's the three-year-old. He's an early learner. <laughs> well, three-year-olds are—they're horrible. <laughs> I mean, why would anybody want to have a three-year-old? <laughs> Chris, yeah. somebody's listening going, I don't know what's wrong with y'all, but my three-year-old loves yeah. me and it's yeah. wonderful. Because his old, older like, sisters well, teach him all the bad habits. <laughs> okay. Say this to dad, it pisses him off and then he throws right. a 20, not 20 yeah. at you. And yeah, 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 yeah. He just puts 20 bucks on your Apple Pay these days, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. If I Venmo you, will you leave yeah, me alone yeah, while I'm watching right. TV? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Zell's changed the world of parenting. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I zelled you some money and I hit That's it. Right. Go and play on the road. No, no. I love your kids. <laughs> I love you deeply. You, you, they'll never fucking listen to, the, to dad crap on, on That's the podcast right. anyway. That No. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. They'll never listen. No. no I try listen. to talk to them about being an accountant. And they're like, you oh. need to stop asking me that. Because <laughs> let me tell you what's not happening. <laughs> that. <laughs> you find like, some other prick to see your firm too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I'm trying to build up the That's right. to sell to sell this thing to, <laughs> to some sucker. And what, what, why, have you, why have you got ten kids? Well, the one through nine didn't want to buy the accounting firm, <laughs> <laughs> right? And I've got to offload this thing. That's right. Within the next few years. Yeah. How else am I going to afford my condo in in Florida? Right. <laughs> 
So how do we get onto all that? The um... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who does your podcast editing? That's what. Well, I they know. got their work cut out, right? <laughs> they're, they're like, uh, I hope they're a contractor. And I ain't doing this to any of your team members. So. <laughs> You probably are. Yeah, no, that seems real solid these days. They the, are. Uh, they've done uh, done a great job. But it's important to talk about that because mm. I know the work that you've done. I hear the work from many, many people, the work that you've done over the years at Deeper Weekend and through Thrival, that it does change people's lives. And it's important yeah. to celebrate that. And yeah. Because you come at it with a great deal of depth of thought. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I love about it is it's quality over quantity. Yeah. Right. You've never tried yeah. to grow it beyond, Mm-mm. like, make it bigger than Ben Hur because you, it loses right. its message. And yeah, it's typically it's about a hundred. Yeah, yeah. We'll kind of cap it at a hundred entrepreneurs. That's because we we take them through, you know, hour and a half long workshop exercises. Mm. We push them together in some of the workshops. So there's a community aspect too, mm. where we want. You know, we know the speakers are not the only smart ones, right? They're all speakers, right? Mm. So they need to be speaking to each other at the table. Mm. Uh, and the speaker needs to stop talking. Mm. And so the yeah, workshop. No, no wonder you don't do. have Ian up on stage then. That's right. <laughs> right. See, that's why. <laughs> He'll go on and on that's about. Right. Capacity. You know. That's what he would go on and on about. That's probably, he would, yeah. Oh, he man, he could probably talk for hours on that. Hours, hours and hours and hours if you like. Hours. <laughs> That's why you don't let him, huh? Yeah. Oh, well. Well, no, no. We we give him we give put him in a corner and give him a webinar every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> Go tell them. Yeah. Ian on the webinar. Right. <laughs> that's right. And so, what's next for Jason Bloomer? Tell me. That's a good question. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me. No, 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 no. You tell me. <laughs> you tell me. Don't don't fucking listen to my shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't listen to my podcast, <laughs> that's right? right. I don't, <laughs> Okay, so headed into my, so I'm in my 50s, early 50s. So that point you start thinking, okay, I know, I kind of know what I'm doing. Mm. You know what you know and you know what you don't know at that, right? You start to go. Know yourself well enough to know your strengths and your weaknesses. Yeah. So at that point, you kind of know your strengths and weaknesses, which is a pretty cool place to be, right? Because then you can press in to those places. You know, now you're not confused, you know, when you're 25 going, Mm. Should I be an accountant or in a rock band? Yeah. Like which one? Or both. Or both. Or both. Or both. Right. And you're not deciding stupid stuff like that. Or like calling, <laughs> calling your band debits and credits or something. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> so you kind of know, all right, this is what I do. This is what I'm good at. You can kind of go into it and lean into it. So this, you know, probably for the rest of our careers, just kind of leaning into that place very deeply and narrowly that we're very good at. Mm. And so that's just some of the stuff my partner and I are starting to get into, right, with our Mm. coach is Mm. what is that future? Mm. And at this point, you kind of, you get to choose. It doesn't Mm. mean you'll be Mm. rich or whatever. It just Mm. means you get to pick a direction and Mm. you probably get to walk in that direction because you have that leverage, that know-how, you know enough people. Mm. You can kind of start to make those calls and move in a very decisive direction that starts to reflect a life that you know you want to live hmm. when you get older hmm. and that really leverages your greatest strength. So, yeah. you know, I'm I am really made to create education, teach, write, speak, and just those are the things that I'll probably be doing. I can do those forever. Yeah, yeah. And those I like are fun. That. I, I like, like those. That. 
Yeah, I no. like that. Just thinking about those things. Very comfortable with what you enjoy and mm-hmm. and the success for others that that brings, the joy in yeah. helping others be successful, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. We took one of our younger team members on a, a coaching call the other day just so he could listen. Mm. You know, how do we coach mm. clients? You know, how mm. do we walk them through the process of self-fulfillment and discovery about their own business? And it's just so cool for that younger team member to go, wow, mm. wow, that's amazing that you did. There was a purpose behind that. It sounded like a conversation, but we went through steps through four. And I didn't even know you had a you had sections to that conversation you were walking that that client through. And you get to teach that. And they go, cool. Mm. And then watch them and practice and employ that, you know, in the next 15 years. They're going to change and grow. That is super cool. Yeah. I love that. Seeing the human growth. Yeah. Through the lens of helping others. I like it. And hopefully there's a bit of money at the end of the day. But Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk a lot about the why, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Every firm needs a, you know, they need their purpose. Mm. They need their purpose, their core values and things like that. Have you ever seen somebody go, oh, well, fuck it, this isn't for me. I don't know what my why is. Why the fuck am I running an accounting firm? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, there's another pattern we're seeing now What's coming that? out of the pandemic is accounting firm owners who we call them firm entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. These people are made to run a firm and they've been doing it a long time, but they're losing their why temporarily. Yeah. And it's yeah. flipping them out. Yeah. And so what we're teaching in a lot of the webinars we're doing, we're doing a lot of webinars on hiring in the labor market, which is all yeah. effed up. It's yeah. just all yeah. really freaking people out. Yeah. And so what's happening is these firm entrepreneurs are struggling to go, why the heck am I doing this? Yeah. And we tell them, you know what? You're going to go through life where you have doubts yeah. and you struggle with your purpose yeah. and you'll lose your why for a time. Yeah. And it will come back yeah. if you want it to. Mm. If you're in the right place and mm. you do have to mm. stay committed through those harder times. Mm. And sometimes you need help from other mm. people, therapists, mm. counselors, partners, whatever. Mm. You do need to get help when you need help. Mm. But it freaks people out. And we're saying, don't let it flip you out so bad. You're going to lose your purpose and you're going to go, this sucks every day. This sucks bad. Mm. Why am I doing this to myself? And it's mm. like, that. Mm. it does suck sometimes. Mm. Mm. That's okay. Mm. Yeah. So just hang in there. You know? Yeah, completely. I mean, there's a lot of people that have sort of had this, you know, never-ending tax season for the last two years or, or longer, right? Like, you know, the pandemic has no doubt hit the industry hard. Well, very hard, very hard, and very hard. notwithstanding that these people aren't running restaurants or tourism oh, bis- yeah. businesses, tough. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough for everybody. It is tough for everybody. And accountants have had their own unique mm-hmm. difficulties. Globally, they've been the vehicle by which governments have distributed resources and helping yeah. funds and all of that kind yeah. of thing. And yeah. that puts an onus, an onus and a burden on on the industry that it was already struggling That's right. to sort of o- overcome in the first place. So there are there is a lot of burnout. Yeah. And that's right. Whether you're virtual or in person firm, you're all of a sudden virtual, whether you like it or not. Mm, that's right. Yeah. And people need that that human interaction, that human contact, yeah. and all that's gone, or you know, yeah. up, up until recently, depending yeah. on which country you're in, right? So, yeah, there are a lot of firms that 
that are struggling. So I've no, you know, I've no doubt why your the conference is successful this year, mm. uh, more so than any other. I'm sure is is because people just are craving that reconnection. They are. We're walking people through the safety COVID precautions and things. Yeah, to of protect course. Everybody from yeah. whatever perspective they come from, and it's also varied. But they are, they're craving to be live and in person and safe. We have all those things in place. And so they're craving to be together. And I think that's good because in a community, you can be inspired and reminded Mm. as to why you did this and why you did love it at some point. And this pandemic really has messed with our head. Mm. Mm. Because if you're going Mm. through a difficult tax season... Mm. And then you go home and go through the difficult tax season. Mm. Your visual field has just changed a little bit. You're like, I want to go play with that little kid over there. And I can't. And it just messes with your head. Yeah. Or I want to get those chores done so they're not on my my mind. And so a lot of that stuff didn't used to be on our heads if we worked Mm. somewhere else. That's right. And so, you know, it's all that stuff just plays into a lot of different things. So I think what a lot of firm owners are doing, they're really struggling going through what they're going through. But I do see a pattern where they're also blaming their work. Mm. And I don't fully agree with that. Mm. What I think is, I think a lot of people are selling out, Mm. selling their firms, not selling out, selling Mm. their firms. And some are going to wander a little while. And I Mm. wish they would stay. Mm. I wish they would stay in it and commit to it because it's not always going to be like this. Mm. And, you know, that's not like an old man, but I can look back and see that. Yeah, I went through hard times, but I stayed. Now I get to say, well, I've been doing this for 30 years. I Mm. know a lot of stuff. Mm. And if you kind of, if you sell it and you ditch it after five years and then you wander around and travel for five years and you come back and you need a job. Well, Mm. well, I've got 20 years on you and you've only got five. And so you got to start over and... Yeah, I don't know that that's how you build careers. But anyway, I sound like an old man now, right? No. Talking to my kids. It's like, yeah, no, they, they, it's like we'll, you we'll don't have to force we'll have to force them to listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna, hold them, we'll vid, we're gonna hold we'll them. We're gonna hold them down and play money. That's right. He's we'll bid more than twenty dollars. Fifty to bucks to the podcast. To podcast. <laughs> let's do the podcast and quit whining. That's right. No, that's, no, that's it, that's more. That's that's sixty bucks. No, <laughs> I'll pay it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so what I'm saying is it is hard. Yeah. But I'm saying the hard is not forever. And I'm asking some people, and I don't know if anybody's, maybe nobody listens to the podcast. But no, no <laughs> both, both of them do. I promise. <laughs> okay. Your mom and my mom, that's I guess. Right. I don't, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. if there's one that's listening, it's like, if you'll just stay in yeah. and give it a couple more years, let's see what happens. Because this is not normal and it's going to go <clears> away. Though it's also going to change forever. So Mm, mm, the cultural mm. shift is happening. Mm. Anthropologists will be writing about this. It is changing the mindsets of peoples and cultures, probably forever in some way. We just don't know. I'm saying stay in it so you can ride the wave when it comes back or what in whatever way it comes back. I don't know. Yeah. No, I I, I hear you. And and that doesn't just apply to accounting firms, but no, uh, right. Different, it's different everybody. Types, different, different people, different businesses all over, everybody. right? Yeah. Everybody. 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 Yeah. Yep. So. Well, we better uh, plug the Thrival Weekend. Just give yeah. us a quick one-liner. Yeah. So just go to dw.thrival.com, dw.thrival.com. And Thrival, the word Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E-A-L.com, dw.thrival.com. But it's happening actually in about three weeks, so I don't even know if people will. It might be over. There you go. <laughs> 
Probably is. By the time you... So they fucking plugged it for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) So come in 2022. How about that? Yeah, there you go. There There you go. go. We're getting in early. Right. Just getting it in early. (laughs) Advertising discount of 320 days notice. (laughs) (laughs) You better get it on your calendar. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So, no, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We have just amazing parties carbon's going to be there kind of yeah. carbon's leading our rap party which is going to be oh there you go a lot of fun so the, it's going to uh, be the cordial will be flowing <laughs> that, yep yep we're on the floor of the venue with a big yeah. old bar so <laughs> we'll we gotta have that yeah yeah that, that sounds good i'm sure the, <laughs> yeah. the marketing guys are well and truly all over wrapping the bar don't worry <laughs> <laughs> that's right oh yeah they are for sure yeah yeah, yeah. You, see, you know where to find us. It's always That's right. All one right. side of the bar or the other. <laughs> Very cool. Jason, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I look me. forward to uh, seeing you in person in 3D. Okay. I can't wait. Just as soon as possible and give you a big yes. bear hug and uh, a yes. vaccinated bear hug and then. That's right. Vaccinated we- <laughs> up. <laughs> Let's do this again. Let's do okay. this again soon. Cool. Thanks, Stuart, for having me. We appreciate you guys committing to the profession, man. We love it. All right. Jason. Very cool. Have a great day. All right. You too. Thanks so much. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a thousand free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com slash resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining and see you in the next episode of the Accounting Leaders Podcast. <laughs>